Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. America and happy Monday. What a Monday it is. I'm pretty certain that when we step back in a few years and history looks back at this past weekend, it will have been a defining moment in the U.S.-China relations. The discovery that China has had spy balloons floating across our sky, one that we had to shoot down this weekend, but even more jaw-dropping. The belated admission by the Biden administration that it has known about these spy balloons for months, for months. In fact, one crashed into the Atlantic. They learned about a couple that had been flying around under the Trump administration. Trump administration didn't know about it. They were detected or learned about later. Huge questions. Our president, our administration, knowing that China was spying us and doing nothing about it, and then showing 48 hours of hesitation before they even shot this one down. People all across this country are really concerned. We've got two great guests to talk about the China threat today. One, to talk about the spy balloons and all that's going on in the international space, in our own airspace. Victoria Coates, former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump, is going to be here at the top of the show. She's always an extraordinary guest. We're going to be able to get a lot of insights about what we've learned and how the story has evolved in the last 24 to 48 hours. Pretty extraordinary evolution of the storyline, the facts, the idea that they were trying to blame the Trump administration for knowing about balloons that the Trump administration wasn't told about. Mind-numbing stuff. Well, Victoria has a way of making it all come to make some common sense. And we're going to get to her right after the commercial break. And then after that, Derek Maltz, senior, former chief of special operations for the DEA, one of the country's premier drug experts, drug trafficking experts anywhere in the country. He's going to join us because, as you know, as we've been talking about and trying to get the word out, the fentanyl crisis that is devastating this country, tens of thousands of Americans being poisoned to death by these lethal pills. Well, the ingredients 
that the cartels use to make those and traffic them across the border. Well, they guess where they come from. You got it. China, Beijing, the precursors all come from there. Derek's going to give us an update on the battle to stop that, what can be done, what the Biden administration has failed to do. We'll have some pretty candid conversations with him as well. I think when we step back, I was talking with some good friends today, much like the Russian or Soviet launch of the Sputnik satellite more than a half century ago, awakened this country to the threat of our arms race with the Soviet Union, our need to beat them to the moon, to reign superior in national security. This weekend was America's Sputnik moment with China. It is now going to be obvious to everyday Americans who may be too busy to keep up on knowing that precursor chemicals for fentanyl come from China or that China is threatening to invade uh, Taiwan or that China has been trying to steal the data of our young adults from TikTok. But when you find out that China was floating a spy mechanism across our space, intruding our territorial integrity, it wakes you up. And I think when we step back, this will be this generation's Sputnik moment for U.S.-China relations. A big thought we'll ask Victoria Quotes about that later in the show. All right, folks, let's not waste any more time. I'll take a quick commercial break here from our amazing sponsors. When we come back, the former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump, one of the premier national security experts in our country, Victoria Coates, is going to join us right after the commercial break. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 
All right, folks, at the top of the show, we talked a lot about that China balloon scandal. And it really is a scandal. It's a big moment. Many who are in the national security space have known the threat that China poses the United States for a long time, but it often gets minimized in the mainstream media. But this weekend woke up our country. Everyday Americans going, what is China doing spying on us with the balloons? Well, we have the perfect first guest to give us some answers and also what the likely fallout is. Give us a good prediction on that. She's advised presidents and members of Congress for years on foreign policy, one of the best national security experts this country has. Most recently, she was deputy national security advisor to President Trump, and currently she's a senior research fellow for International Affairs and National Security at the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation. She is Victoria Coates. Victoria, great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, John. Great honor. I know we probably went in Friday thinking, I don't think there'll be any Chinese balloons this weekend. And all of a sudden, boom, (laughs) an amazing moment. What's your big takeaway now that we're a couple days into this? What's the big takeaway from what we've all learned in this weekend? Well, I think this this weekend is the moment when the threat from communist China literally came home. Uh, they came to the United States that, you know, we can be excused for the American people can be excused for sort of seeing this as an abstract in the past. Uh, and be, particularly because a lot of China's own efforts to appear benign and everything from the panda bears at the National Zoo to the Confucius Academies in you know our schools they tried to seem benign but when the good people of montana looked up and said that's no moon uh you know and then demanded to know what the heck is that thing you know literally americans are watching in real time as their sovereignty is being invaded by something the size of three greyhound buses loaded with surveillance equipment and you know the the good news is that I think the wake up moment has has worked. We we have awakened. And I think, you know, it's it's late in the game, but there's still time uh, for the United States to, you know, reposture itself onto almost a Cold War type footing after after Sputnik and really confront this for the, the intolerable threat that it is. This is this generation's Sputnik moment, isn't it? No, it ab- it absolutely is. And and I think you know, again, we were lulled into a sense of false security vis-a-vis China uh, based on the assumption that if we opened up uh, economically with China, uh, that political liberalization would logically follow. And, you know, bear in mind, China, the opening to China that Nixon did uh, back in the early 70s was one of the key strategic decisions that allowed us to isolate the Soviets and win the Cold War. So, you know, there's a generational memory of when China was kind of a partner on these issues. And I think you can certainly see in George H.W. Bush's actions around Tiananmen in 1989, you know, the assumption that we didn't have to push too hard uh, on Tiananmen because they were going to come in our direction and we could just kind of let it happen. Well, clearly that was a false assumption. Yeah, it's a miscalculation. I had Newt Gingrich on the show last year. He said the single biggest mistake he made was signing off on the idea that we take away MFN, most favored nation status, and give China permanent trading privileges instead of making them earn it each year, given their history of, of that. So a lot of people look back now realizing, oh, maybe some of the assumptions were wrong. There's a moment over the weekend. It gets murky at the beginning. It gets clear towards the end of the weekend, certainly into today. But it's clear now that this weekend wasn't the first time that the Biden administration knew that there were these surveillance balloons. They were told that they learned of 
two flights during the Trump years, and that just four months ago, one crashed into the Pacific near Hawaii. The idea that the Biden administration has known about this for months and we've been kept in the dark, what does that say about the state of the national security communications that we're getting from our leadership? This just stinks to high heaven. And, you know, I think the administration has demonstrated that they're not going to tell us the truth and be transparent on this issue. So Congress is going to have to demand some answers of when did these flights start, you know, and what kind of agreements have the so-called climate warriors, both in DOD and in other parts of our government, who has signed off on China collecting what they claim to be meteorological data uh, from the United States? I mean, did somebody actually, I mean, did John Kerry sign an agreement that it was okay for them to do these flights of these very specific balloons uh, in the name of gathering data on climate change? The Chinese response suggests to me that they think they have some grounds for doing this. And, you know, the sort of weak argument that it's just a weather vehicle and they have satellites, I think that DOD has now put a lie to that. Even if there were folks at at the Pentagon who did sign off on this, there are others who are saying, wait a minute, you know, sure, it can study the weather, but it can study a whole lot of other things as well, including our sensitive nuclear sites, which is where apparently it was headed. Yeah, those are the red flag warnings. And do you think that because last week, just before these balloons were announced, it was announced that the House Republicans were going to begin a significant investigation of John Kerry's secret dealings with China. Do you think it's possible that John Kerry is somehow involved in maybe authorizing the climate research and not having the wherewithal to realize that this would be used for nefarious means as well? Oh, absolutely. He's he's shown this time and time again. Remember, John, he's the one who, after the brutal invasion of Ukraine, pled with President Putin not to lose sight of the importance of cooperating on China, on climate. So he, he thinks climate trumps everything. Uh, I, I see absolutely no checks on his power as a presidential envoy. Uh, he doesn't really report to the Department of State or anybody else. I guess he has the president's mentor uh, on him. So what what is he obligating the United States to do? And I think this has to be the first question. Uh, you know, what what have you permitted uh, in terms of, of endangering the national security of the American people in order to further your pet project? That investigation and this weekend of extraordinary revelation, I think, are going to collide in a very powerful way in the next few weeks as we learn more about this. I want to go to the flip side of this now. All right. Now we know that the Biden administration has known about it for a while. China is a bad actor on our soil, intruding on our territorial integrity with these balloons. There probably some likelihood that the Chinese thought they got the go ahead for this because of the climate change conversations. The real question now is the China threat is so obvious, right? They're the precursor developers of all the materials that the cartels are using to insert fentanyl into this country and kill tens of thousands of Americans each year. They're clearly saber rattling with Taiwan enough so that we had a a senior military official predicting there could be war within the next few years over that. They're spying on our country. What are 
the solution. There's a couple that have been brought up on our show in the last couple of weeks. One is revoking permanent trade privileges and going back to year-to-year trade privileges. I want to get your take on that and then maybe other ideas that the Biden administration or Congress could impose to put us on that Cold War-like footing because we haven't been there yet. No, we really haven't. And, you know, we're, you know, as we've been sort of observing, you know, this, this pattern of malicious Chinese behavior emerge. And I'm particularly concerned as, as a mom of, of two young adults with how they are targeting our children. And it's everything from the Confucius Academy to the fentanyl, which is being aggressively marketed to kids across uh, platforms like Snapchat uh, to TikTok. And, you know, that, that, that they are going after America's youth in a, in a very determined, ugly, ugly way. And that's, you know, I think that's where we have to start is with our, with our children, but then extend it. Uh, and, and, you know, nothing would make me happier than if, if the Chinese leopard changes its spots. Uh, and anyone who tells you the Chinese people can't uh, do democracy or don't want democracy, that's probably a PRC agent talking to you because you can look across the strait and the Taiwanese same people are doing it pretty successfully. So it would be great if China became a more liberal political place. Uh, but until that happens, you know, I would look at uh, Congressman Gooden's uh, amendment to prohibit commingling data, uh, which would go a long way towards stopping any any excuse for a flight like this. Uh, because you, you can't commingle the data that's of no use to us. So why would we permit it? So things like that, that will prevent them from infiltrating our systems, infiltrating, uh, you know, our, our data sets, it, I think is enormously important. Yeah, it really is. It does seem like Democrats in Congress are starting to come around. There's a more, lot more Democrats talking about TikTok and getting it off the um, U.S. marketplace because of all of the the malintent that now has been determined about that. You've got Democrats crossing over to support the special committee on China, on the threat of China, the threat that China poses. You've got some other bipartisan votes where it really signal that maybe some Democrats are ready to be more assertive than the leader of their party, Joe Biden. Is that a good sign for our country that maybe there's some bipartisan agreement now that maybe we've been taking this too lightly? It may well be uh, our only hope, John. Uh, I think... You know, the, the polling on this is very strong across the board with the American people. You know, and a lot of it based on, on the experience of the last three years in COVID. I don't think anybody is particularly enthusiastic about scientific cooperation with, with China after that. Doesn't seem like a great idea. You know, the problem the Democrats are going to have to face, and it's central to the issue we're discussing, is, you know, at what point do they have to become more moderate on their climate views in order to combat China? You know, one of the things I've been working on is the very deliberate campaign on the part of the PRC to corner the market on uh, what you'd call green energy uh, components. So this is everything from solar panels to EV batteries. The Biden administration desperately wants these things. They want this energy transition They know they can't, whatever they say about bringing the supply chains home, they know they can't. They can't manufacture these things at a cost that will be viable in the United States. They have to have them from China. They have to subsidize them from China to make all of this work. And China is like, great, 
you know, we'll just corner the market on these things and then your energy beholden to us. There's a strategy that they've been pursuing for years right in front of our eyes. I had a couple of congressmen on last week, and this is what they were talking about, which is our supply chain has become too dependent on people who put themselves in a position to own part of the supply chain so that we would be indebted. And then if we ever came to conflict, we'd be at a disadvantage. Do you think that rebalancing the supply chain is going to move to the forefront of foreign policy in the next few months? Absolutely. And I think, you know, figuring out how we are responsible stewards of what our president, Kevin Roberts, likes to say that, you know, what the good Lord gave us, uh, we want to be responsible stewards of it. But at the same time, if we undermine the sovereignty and the power of the United States, that's that's not going to leave a, you know, it, that's not going to help the environment. So I think we have to figure out how we do this. And, you know, one thing we've discussed, and I think it's enormously important to this conversation, is the fusion announcement out of California at the end of last year. If that is possible, that's our path. And not one more, you know, dirty slave labor produced solar panel should be imported into the United States. Uh, so I, I would like to see the Democrats in Congress start to show an appreciation for these facts. Yeah, it's very exciting. It really is to see what's going on on that front. That is a place that we can embrace and really it could be our NASA moment, our moonshot moment on the energy front. Last part, because this one has confused more people I've talked to as the threat from China becomes more and more obvious every day. And it's obvious for everyday people this weekend, but in the policy circles, more and more people are getting intelligence briefings and getting, you know, even open source intelligence showing that China's malign influence is spreading, that everything they do targeting the United States has a, a negative focus. The Biden administration ended the China initiative program where the FBI was having some great success, thanks to the Trump administration, which started it while you were there rooting out spies posing as academics or students. We had the former DA chief of operations saying China's using its students in this country to traffic fentanyl. The idea that we would shut down the China initiative seems to be so confusing to people because it's contrary to all the intelligence out there. How big a security failure is that for the Biden administration to have shut that program down? It's it's appalling. And unfortunately, I think the the answer to why is hiding in plain sight uh, at my alma mater, which is probably going to revoke my diploma, uh, the University of Pennsylvania, you know, where China poured tens of millions of dollars into the university to create this Biden center to pay now President Biden almost a million dollars a year. And I've been thinking back to the poor graduate students who lived like I did, you know, who were living on 20000 a semester trying to teach and write their dissertations. And they're seeing somebody who never saw a student get a million dollars a year. That can't sit terribly well. But, you know, that's, that is where the influence was bought that shot, that shut down the China initiative. And I just would take it another step and say, look at the, the woman who was president of Penn when all this went down is our ambassador to Germany, the man who was who was uh, chair of the board of trustees when this went down, is now our ambassador to Canada, arguably the two most lucrative ambassadorships you can have given the trade relationships between Germany and Canada and the United States. So follow the money. And unfortunately, I think that's what happened to the China initiative. Yeah. And as we know, Penn was a big voice in trying to get that killed. In fact, it was two weeks after it made its open letter 
public that, that Merrick Garland announced that he was doing it. It was only a month before that that the FBI director was saying, hey, we need to keep this program. It's essential. This is a major threat. There's an interesting division because Chris Ray, I know a lot of Republicans are very fond of him for many good reasons, but he has been consistently warning that the China threat is being underestimated. The president doesn't seem to have a whole lot of attention span to those warnings. Is that a problem when your FBI director is telling you there's a big threat from China and you're, the president's not connected to that idea? It's deeply dangerous and it results in the sorts of things we saw this weekend. Uh, and I would, you know, Chris Trey has his moments. This is an issue he happens to be particularly strong on. But I think, you know, if, if, if the president isn't taking it on board, you know, and, and this goes to the issues we were just talking about. He doesn't want there to be a border crisis. He doesn't want there to be a drug crisis being fueled by China across our border. You know, he wants an open border. So what, what's he supposed to do as, as the president? He can't reconcile these two things. But I think, you know, that's where having, you know, congressional oversight and some control of the Congress, it's where having Mike Gallagher's new select committee on China is so critically important for these next couple of years while we have to live under this leadership that is not seeing, you know, the clear and present danger that's literally here at home. It, 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 it has come home to us. It has reached our shores. And I think that's what this weekend, it's going to be remembered as a historic weekend, I think, in the history of our country. Victoria, it is always an honor to have you on the show. We get such great clarity when you come on and such great wisdom. It seems like the next couple of years, the best that we can do and what we ought to be doing is at least getting the American public fully educated on all the things that probably have been kept from it for a long time. You do such a great job of getting us all informed on it. We're so grateful. Well, it's much appreciated on my part and on the part of Heritage. We uh we really value your program and your insights as well. We've got a lot more to talk about this year. I have a funny feeling we're going to learn a lot more in the next few days that are going to surprise <laughs> all of us. So, Victoria Coates, great honor to have you on. We'll be sure to get you back on real soon. Thank you, John. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Derek Maltz from the DEA is going to join us. We're going to have a great conversation about the state of the border, fentanyl, China's role in the fentanyl poisoning of our children and young adults, and some pretty dramatic developments around the country on the fentanyl crisis. Some crazy numbers out of the state of Washington on the rapid growth of poisonings and seizures there. Some new border seizures in the last few days down in the South that have people very worried about the growth of the fentanyl business. We're going to cover all that with Derek Maltz, the former director of special operations for the DEA, right after this commercial break. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us forward slash just news. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. If you were watching the TV show last week while I was off, Amanda did a great job interviewing our next guest. He is really one of the foremost experts on drug trafficking and the cartels in the United States. He's the former director of Special Operations Division at the DEA and before then, currently the executive director of government relations at PenLink. His name is Derek Maltz. You've seen him on the show many times. Derek, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me back, John. It's an honor to have you on. Your breadth of knowledge from money laundering to terror financing to drug running is really remarkable. And we're at this moment that when you you were on the show last week and you talked about how China is using students to further the fentanyl trafficking business, it just got so many people alarmed. It was such an amazing folks. And then right after that, we have this balloon incident where you see China spying over the United States kind of reinforces China really has very little goodwill for the United States right now. Now, does it? Right, John. I mean, China, obviously, according to all the national security experts, is the biggest threat to our country and has been for many years. But unfortunately, what people are not paying attention to is their role in this unprecedented drug crisis in this country. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, China is at the front end of the fentanyl crisis. It's all the precursors. It works with the cartels and the cartels then traffic it across here. It seems as though people are just beginning to wake up that just like they're beginning to wake up on TikTok, that maybe TikTok's not a good idea to be sharing all of your facial recognition and other data with the Chinese government. Do you think we're at a tipping point that episodes like what happened this weekend, all the efforts that you've made to inform the American public and others are beginning to do, that maybe the American people are beginning to understand just how grave this threat is? Well, I sure hope so. But what's most important is that the administration who is paid to protect all Americans should really start being a lot more aggressive with this situation. I mean, you look at my situation, John, I was at the the Special Operations Division when the synthetic opioid and also the synthetic drug bombing started taking place back around 2009, 2010. The Chinese lab operators first started dumping synthetic cannabinoids and cathinones into America, K2 spice, bath salts. And everyone was like unfamiliar with that, didn't realize the magnitude of it. 
until people were dropping all over the country. And then around 2012, we started seeing, you know, direct shipments from China of fentanyl analogs in the mail. Kids were dying. They were, they were classifying them initially as heroin overdoses until the lab reports came back, the autopsy reports came back, and it was fentanyl. But then we started seeing just mass amounts of pure fentanyl analogs from China going to the cartels. And then, of course, we're in a situation we're in today. Like President Trump, Trump pushed back on China with the analogs, and we started seeing a shift. So they went directly to the precursor chemicals. And now we have just a historic level of production going on in Mexico by these terror cartels. But, John, like I said the other day on the, on the TV show, What's really happening that's disturbing to me, so China's providing the precursor chemicals, which is critical, obviously, to make this poison, but they're picking up all the money in America from the cartels, and they're using young Chinese national students on visas in many cases that are running around the country, taking the contracts from the brokers that are sitting in Mexico City with the cartel leaders. So they need a million dollars picked up in Chicago? They give the job to some young Chinese in America. They go out, they pick up the money, they turn it over to the businessmen. And as we spoke before, China has a limitation about $50,000 a year. They can export cash out of the country. So the businessmen here want cash. They're buying property. They're buying land. They're buying real estate. They're paying for college. So it's, it's just totally out of control. At the same time, we're seeing young kids as young as one year old, two, 14 and under is the fastest growing, uh, you know, death rates on the kids under 14. So we have a really serious situation. But right now, you wouldn't know that watching mainstream media uh, or the news like coming out of the White House. They don't even talk about it. It is remarkable. I was thinking about this over the weekend because you've done such a good job of educating us here at Just the News about the weaponry and capabilities of the cartels. And you got China kind of using this old fashioned spy balloon to do something. But the Mexican cartels, right? they're building IEDs. They've got bomb dropping drones. They've got incredibly sophisticated weaponry to further or, or to protect their supply lines and to fight the Mexican army and to make their entry into the United States easier and easier. Do you think most Americans understand how well armed the Mexican cartels are right now? No, I don't believe so, John. And it's right at our border. So, and they're in America as well. I mean, look, I don't know the conclusion on the arrest that happened in Tulare out in California, but certainly the sheriff was reporting it as a major cartel hit or gang operation. But here's what I could tell you, because I've been tracking this my whole, you know, the last 15, 20 years. The cartel violence is already in America. Like gangs work with the cartels. Like that's the way it is. Like Chapo Guzman's, uh, tons of cocaine and methamphetamine were going into Chicago and it had, you know, Mexican American twins that were responsible for distributing all the drugs to gangs inside of, you know, the most dangerous places in Chicago. So we have this overlap between gangs and drugs and all of these, these shootings and these killings in most cases that they're, they're drug related. And we have some horrific crimes. I'll never forget the time, John, I was, uh, at the head of the SOD, and there was a bunch of uh, Mexican uh, nationals that were killed in a place down, I think it was Mississippi, Alabama. They had jumper cables attached to their earlobes. They were, they were torturing them before they actually killed them. But this has been going on a long time in America. It's devastating in Mexico, decapitations, 
you know, dropping people in acid, watching people dissolve. There's a lot of disappearances in Mexico because they never find the bodies, John. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. They don't. And just more and more people disappear every month. It's just a remarkable toll that this drug war is gone. You talk about the cartels, their access to the border. You talk about China and its overt role in supplying this poison machine. How would you grade the current president's efforts to address both of those crises? Well, he's not talking too much at all about China and their role. I have never heard him really talk about China's role, like deep role in this fentanyl crisis and the poisoning crisis. Of course, I believe it's part of their unrestricted warfare to destabilize America. If you look at what Mike McCall recently said, which I, I think is right on money, on the money, China's greatest uh, strategic plan is to sell fentanyl to America. So as far as this administration, obviously with the wide open border, they're enhancing the cartel's ability to do their job. They're making billions and billions from the migrant smuggling. They're making billions from the drugs. But this is like something we've never seen because it's not really drugs. It's poison that's killing kids in our country and our future generation is being impacted. Families are being destroyed. Communities are being destroyed. John, you know the other thing, too, that I pay attention to, and it's really overwhelming me, the mass poisonings that we're seeing around the country. Like we just had, you know, recently up in upstate New York, there were like 25 poison in a 24-hour period of time. And, and there's like three dead this past weekend. I think it was in uh, South Carolina or, no, it's Georgia. Uh, Walker County or Williams County, Georgia, three dead because they're, they're dropping in, in the clusters all around the country. The DEA administrator last April put out a warning to every American that the amount of drugs they were seizing, the fentanyl they were seizing, could kill every American. And then we started seeing these mass poisonings, starting in Washington, D.C. You know, one, there were 10 that dropped one day, there were nine. So we have a situation that we've never seen ever in the history of this country. So this administration is not really doing too much at all. And we can't rely on the Mexican corrupt government because the cartels run that country. And everyone knows that. Anybody that's involved with drug enforcement knows that. And so if we don't start picking up the speed and acting with a sense of urgency and doing things like declaring the cartels as terrorists, providing support to the Mexican army and the military to destroy and decimate these production labs, then the kids are going to continue to die and families are going to be, you know, ruined around America. But for this administration, there's no sense of urgency. Like, look at the border czar. I mean, how many months ago was she was she put in charge of the border? And look what a disaster it is. And we don't even hear from her. It's really pretty remarkable. And it seems as though while the federal government, certainly the Biden administration, doesn't really focus on this very much at all. And it's rhetoric or its policies or its solutions or its spending, local government officials are beginning to really sound the alarm. Over the weekend, we had a story in Spokane County, state of Washington, fentanyl poisonings up 1,233% between 2017 and 2021. 1,233%. Anything that grew that quickly would be alarming. And the number of seizures of fentanyl in eastern Washington state according to the DEA, up 2,700% over the same four-year period. So you're beginning to see local governments say, oh my God, this is a crisis. The gap between what the government, local governments are saying and what the Biden administration is focused on still seems really significant, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, John, speaking of um, Washington State, 
the uh, the coroner's office was reporting like last week they don't have enough dead body space in the coolers in 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 that county, King County in Washington, because there's so many deaths. They had like 35 deaths in the first 21 days. And then if you look around in different parts of the country, like San Diego, for example, they were reporting a 2,375% increase in fentanyl-related deaths from 2016 to 21. The state of California reported from the sheriff out there in Orange County, 2,200% in fentanyl-related deaths. I mean, how many more signals do you need before you say, this is different? This is not an opioid overdose. This is poisoning of our kids, poisoning of our country, and we need to step up very strongly. But they're not doing it because there's too many politics around China and the laptop from hell and the border. Those are two topics that this administration doesn't want to talk about. And the public should be holding them accountable. Yeah, no, at this point, we have to speak up as everyday Americans. Another challenge that we see beyond the fentanyl poisoning is the level of corruption that our neighbor to the south, who has the best chance of helping us defeat the cartels or slow the cartels. An extraordinary trial of Gennaro Garcia Luna, uh, Mexico's former top law enforcement agent. Uh, he was taking cash bribes to help the cartels. Pretty hard to fight this if the people that you think are fighting it are actually on the payroll of the bad guys, right? Right. I mean, that's nothing new, John. Like, you look at the former defense minister, Salvatore Cienfuegos. The DEA arrested him on an operation a couple of years ago, and we, we subsequently released him. Former Attorney General Barr, uh, for whatever his decisions, released him back to Mexico. And so we've been following the corruption in Mexico as a DEA agency and Homeland Security, FBI, for so many years. It's just part of the culture down there, the cartels making billions of dollars and they're making huge payoffs to these guys. So it's, it's unfortunate, you know, when there's a multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, organization like this, they're going to, they're going to corrupt government officials. That's how they stay protected. That's how they stay in business. You look at allegations in the trial up in New York. I mean, anybody that wants to be educated on what's really going on, they need to pay attention to the day-to-day reporting out of that courtroom. Yeah. No, it is. It's a roadmap to how the system works and the consequences of that system. It's really remarkable and almost mind-boggling to see. Allegedly, the Secretary of State was going to raise this issue with his meeting with China. Obviously, that got called off after the balloon episode over the weekend. In the absence of the Biden administration taking more assertive action, which, by the way, doesn't seem to be happening, despite a lot more prodding, what can Congress do? What can Republicans in the House majority, which seem to be taking this pretty seriously, what do you think they can do to force the president's hand? Well, right now, I know that Michael Waltz and Dan Crenshaw, two warriors, you know, Green Beret and a, a SEAL, they have put forth uh, a resolution or a bill, I'm not exactly sure, to actually start authorizing the use of U.S. military assets to destroy these cartels' production labs. To me, that's outstanding. Because, John, it's a real simple analogy. One of my friends uh, from Long Island gave me this analogy, and that is if you had a really bad water leak in your house, if the plumber came, the first thing he's going to do is turn off the water supply, right? So now we have a flood in America from deadly fentanyl fake pills and other fentanyl substances. So it's time to shut off the valve. The U.S. military, our intel community has unbelievable capabilities. They could do it easily. We're not talking about going to war with Mexico. We're not talking about boots on the ground. 
We're talking about destroying their ability to operate. To me, there's no logic why we wouldn't have already done that. I know President Trump was advised to do it, but of course, the swap rats in Washington, the bureaucrats talked them out of it. It was too aggressive. Yeah, it's really noticeable to see that. Do you think we're nearing a moment where that becomes a regular conversation? There's two conversations that have cropped up in the last couple of weeks that really caught my attention. One is using a military appropriations bill to maybe empower or force the military to take some action against cartel sites. And the second one is maybe even going as far as considering that China lose its automatic trade privileges and that it has to be reviewed year by year so we have leverage over them. Your thoughts about those two things, because both of those ideas have bubbled up among the House Republican chairman that have been coming on the show. Yeah, I mean, we definitely support 100% and have been saying it for five years. I testified in court with Sarah Carter in Ohio in Congress uh, like four years ago to declare the cartels as terrorists. So this isn't anything new for us. But in regards to the China we definitely need to put apply more pressure on them and hurt them economically because otherwise the chemicals are going to just keep pouring into Mexico. And by the way, John, here's another thing that the public needs to know about, because this is another emerging threat and it's coming out of the Chinese labs. And that is what we call the nitazines, which is a, which is a new psychoactive substance. It's been around several years, but we're starting to see adenitazine, isonitazine, Nitazine, also known, some of this stuff is known as pyro on the street. It's coming out of these labs. It's another synthetic opioid, but it's more powerful than fentanyl. So in my opinion, this is my opinion. This is another phase in China's attack on our citizens. It's happening under the radar. No one's even talking about it. So they need to be feeling some pressure. So whatever that pressure is diplomatically, economically, whatever we could do is only going to potentially help. My personal opinion is, though, I've lost confidence in, in our ability to influence countries like China because they see us as a very weak nation right now. I mean, the balloon incident is absurd that that thing wasn't shot out of the sky before it came into the U.S. I mean, I can't even believe it went across the country, you know, taking, you know, satellite photos or whatever the hell it was doing uh, of our military bases, our nuclear arsenals, our, our weapons. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that this happened. But we definitely can really act quickly in Mexico. That's just a matter of applying some pressure, have some meetings, and come up with an operational plan that's going to save American lives. It's pretty extraordinary what we need to do. And it's not hard to get to this point. It really isn't. But it does seem to require a more determined focus. The ideas have been sitting out there for a long time. And the worse the crisis gets, the ideas seem to be stalled on the uh, on the tarmac of, of action here in Washington. It really is mind-numbing. Last question I want to ask you, because there's been a lot of interesting conversation about this in the, the last few weeks. And there was an extraordinary statistic brought out. I think it was by the CPB port director. Single day, so a single day in late in January, CPB sees 299,600 uh, fentanyl pills in one car. The next day, 458,000 fentanyl pills in the gas tank of another vehicle and another 14 pounds of fentanyl powder. All That's in a 24-hour window. Just to put that in July 25th and 26th, all of that fentanyl was moving in on a singular We have Democrats, we have mayors, we have the president telling us and the vice president telling us the border's secure, the homeland security is saying it's secure. If cartels are moving that much, and that's only the stuff we catch, the cartels must not feel that the border is very secure right now, right? 
You're 100% correct. I mean, I track the daily uh, seizures both uh, by, like, the DEA, Homeland Security, inside America. And then, of course, the CBP is doing phenomenal work. I mean, every other week they're seizing, like, a million pill seizures. I mean, not only them, but, like, New Mexico had a big raid in September, FBI, DEA, all the police, a million pills. They seized a couple of million pill seizures in L.A. Now, think about this, John. The DEA has determined that six out of 10 pills have a potentially lethal dose of fentanyl. So think about how many lives are being saved by law enforcement's work. But here's where the public is absolutely wrong. There's a lot of people that say, oh, the current administration is cracking down big time. They're knocking down all these loads of fentanyl. Well, guess what? That's because the supply is off the charts right now. It's 13 cents to make a pill in Mexico right now, a fentanyl pill. They're selling it as high as $150 on Indian reservations in Montana. Profits off the charts. They don't care if they lose a million pills because it's nothing to them. It doesn't cost a lot to make it. So it's not that the administration is doing a great job. It's our law enforcement cares about public safety. They're doing the best that they can despite no resources, despite all the criticism, despite, like, doing border processing and, uh, you know, paperwork on the border instead of national security job that they're supposed to do and they want to do. So it's just an indicator of how much is being produced. And that's why it's even more important to shut down those labs, save lives by shutting down the lab. And of course, John, we have a lot of catch up to do on education and treatment and rehabilitation because they've neglected the education to our students, which should have been going on all these years as the synthetic drugs were something new pouring into our country. We did brief Eric Holder, by the way, in 2014 and told him about Operation Deadly Merchant and the fentanyl that was coming in from China and working with the cartels. Uh, so this isn't anything that we just came up with yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the solutions, you've been talking about these solutions for five years and you talk to anyone who knows what's going on. The first thing he says, Derek Maltz has it right. He's been talking about the solution is not hard. We just have to have the will to do it. It's such a frustrating thing. And I don't know. I, I think every time a government official kicks the ball down the road, what do they tell the mother of a one-year-old who got poisoned and died from a pill because they just picked it up on the ground or thought it was a toy? What do you tell these people when you know that there's a solution in place? It, it is so frustrating for most people in America to see the a dereliction of duty that's going on right now. But one thing we're not frustrated by, the clarity of vision we get from you, Derek. It's always a great honor to have you on the show. And we're going to keep on this. Every couple of weeks, I want to return to this and keep getting an update on where we stand with this, because I think this year is going to be a year where the Republicans and Biden will finally clash in a way that maybe we'll get some solutions out of it. Thank you, John. And one last thing, because it's appropriate at the end of your podcast here. So you know what the families tell me all the time? I support thousands all around the country. Their biggest complaint is how come we never got a warning? How come nobody told us about fentanyl? Why isn't the government doing anything about this poisonous substance? That's from the families that are burying their kids. So it's really sad. Well, it's a great honor to have you on, Derek. You do such a great job, and you're always fighting. You, you left the DA, but you never stopped working for this country, and I think it's such a great honor to have you on the show today. Thanks so much. Thank you, John. All the best. You as well, sir. All right, folks, we'll take a quick commercial break, come back and wrap things up right after this. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Really excited to have... Two great guests today. Derek Maltz really knows the true story of what's going on in our drug wars, particularly the fentanyl crisis that has become an extraordinary, devastating scourge to America. Anyone who saw that father testify, he lost his son to a fentanyl poisoning, saw him testify this past week in Congress, knows now the personal toll that fentanyl poisoning has taken. It's not a hypothetical. It's killing Americans by the tens of thousands, it's now the leading cause of death for 18 to 45-year-olds, uh, at least drug overdoses are, of which fentanyl is a big part of it. We need to understand that that crisis begins and ends with China. And China is so spiteful of American success that it's willing to try to poison our children to get a leg up. That's what you got to remember from the Derek Maltz extraordinary interview. And of course, at the beginning of the show today, Victoria Coates hit it on the head. This weekend was America's Sputnik moment for China. We now know that China is spying on America, willing to violate our territorial integrity. And by the way, the Biden administration has known about it for months and did nothing about it. We're going to have all that for you to ponder through the weekend. We're going to have a lot more guests talking about this tonight on the TV show all week long. But before we go, hey, I want to mention one thing. We've got an incredible partnership with our good friends that produce the liver health formula, something that I take regularly now because I'm in that age group that needs to be thinking about getting healthier. And your liver is one of those great organs we take for granted. But here is a pretty remarkable statistic you may not have heard. Americans, adults who have a fatty liver, this is according to the American Heart Association, so the premier experts for heart health, right? Americans with fatty livers are 3.5 times more likely to have heart failure than those without. 3.5 times. That is a really significant risk. Not worth taking. Let's not take that risk. The American Liver Foundation, another great health expert in our, in our country, says 100 million Americans currently have a fatty liver. That's pretty scary. What does that mean? Way too many people are at risk, and way too many people could prevent this risk. So why not get ahead of it? You know, we talk about cholesterol and getting healthier with that. We talk about alcohol and toxins. Be careful with Tylenol, statin cigarettes. We got the list of things that we're trying to stay on top of to be healthy, but you may not be thinking a fatty liver is a risk to you, but it, it is. And what happens is if you have a fatty liver, you're sluggish, you gain weight, you lose energy, and you're putting your heart at enormous risk of future failure. So why not cast all that away? 
For decades now, your liver helped you with over 500 key functions. It's time for you to help your liver, right? That's what I've been doing. It's why I am a big believer in liver health formula. It's an all-natural supplement which contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. In other words, make sure it doesn't become fatty. You can try liver health formula and receive five free gifts when you order today, because we have a special partnership here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports. So first, you're going to get a free bottle of the nano-powered omega-3 to keep your heart healthy. I love this powder. It is amazing. You take a little bit, you are feeling great. You know that you're helping out. And what you need to monitor and make this a success story for you are the four free eBooks that come along with that offer. So you get a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3 and four books, eBooks, to help you get read up and ready to understand how liver health formula is an important part of your health prevention, your health fitness program. So here's how you're going to get started on this thing. Do this, folks. Do it. Don't do it for me. Do it for yourself because a fatty liver is a ticket to future health problems. Go to getliverhelp.com, getliverhelp.com slash just news. Get those five gifts, the free bottle of the nano powered omega-3 and uh, of course, the four books that help you read up. You will be wiser and you'll be on the course to a healthier future. You're going to take care of your liver because it's been taking care of you. All right, go one more time. Here it is. GetLiverHelp.com slash Just News. A very special offer from our friends at the Liver Health Formula team. All right, check that out, folks. Stay on top of the breaking news. We'll have you covered on China all night and all day tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, 
educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. Journey.